Hey, what's up, guys? Chris Stolle and Kristen Stovall here for the very special Realm of the Mist podcast. As you Hello, can tell everyone. From, as you can tell from the intro, this one is Game of Thrones. Yes, the only people in Realm of the Mist that are Game of Thrones fans are myself and Kristen. Yep. So, <laughs> we're the Although, only ones that can review it. this last season is really more Game of Groans, but... <laughs> we're about to jump into that. So, as everybody is probably well aware, especially even if you're not a fan, you've seen it all over social media, the final episode of A Game of Thrones has uh, aired this past Sunday. I forget what the title of the episode was. I didn't even pay attention to what the title was because <laughs> it was disappointing. Absolutely. Well, I, I, let's go into it. Okay, it's disappointing. What, what about the episode disappointed you? Um, well, basically, it was just one long epilogue. Like, that was it. It was just one long epilogue. It, you, we had, like, a little bit in the beginning, but most of it, an epilogue. It it really could have been done so much better. All right, well, well before we go into specifics and details, let me go ahead and play this. Oh, you fucking uh, Our little spoilers to warn spoiler. everybody that if you have not seen the episode, you probably don't even care about Game of Thrones. <laughs> because everybody watched the, the the series finale. But just in case, you know, I, I observed the niceties. Right. <laughs> well, let, let's 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 break it down to its essentials. In the beginning when we uh when we come into the episode we see the long march uh with Tyrion and John and Davos going through the aftermath destruction that Daenerys had done on King's Landing. Right. Um this I liked. Uh, the, 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 yeah, the, I thought the beginning was decently strong. It was just after they got past the first little tiny bit. <laughs> it trust me, it, it derails. It derails like fan four stick derails. Um, <laughs> it really does. But I mean, then uh, Tyrion decides to break off from the group. He wants to go see if if uh, Jamie and Cersei escaped the carnage in the Red Keep. Uh, breaking it down, he makes it down into the uh, dragon dungeons and uh, discovers the bodies of Jamie and Cersei. Which, quite honestly, I'm still pissed about in the last episode because one, it was a complete kill of Jamie Lannister's character to all of a sudden just right. ha haul ass back to Cersei. Well, that's what that was the theme of the entire season was undo all of the character arcs and development. That was just what they did the whole season. They pretty much was. Uh, and quite honestly, after all the bad shit Cersei has done throughout the eight seasons of Game of Thrones, she deserved better than a castle falling on her head. Or worse, rather. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted like, Arya to stab even, her through the eye or something, you know? Even the actress who plays her wanted a better death for her. I did like one thing about that, though. And, of course, this is last week's episode not not uh the finale but uh right i did like right at the end she she broke yeah she broke and she actually cried and pleaded for her life and and was scared yeah she you know she became human for a second right you know instead of the cold-hearted you know uh <laughs> bitch monster that, that yeah. she is yeah <laughs> yeah you know yeah. so I did, See, I did like that, but that was about the only thing of that arc right. that I liked. 
Right. Well, and I mean, she was just sort of like... She was a footnote in the last season. Like, she was in barely any of it. It just... There were so many characters that just seemed like footnotes to me. Like, they weren't really a part of it. We have them in the few token episodes, and then that's it. Then they're, you know... Then we go back to assassinating character development throughout the entire series. Well, I do I do like uh, after he discovers his brother and sister, and he cries for him because Tyrion never car- carried the hate no. uh, that, that Cersei did. So he cried for both of them. Of course, he cried more for Jaime. Right, you right. Know, but uh, he, he never hated his sister. He pleaded with her to change. Right, yeah. You know, so I felt that was strong, and... But can we acknowledge that bodies that had been crushed under bricks would not be as pretty as those bodies were? No, but they wanted us to know that that was them. Right. I mean, I highly doubt he would have ever found them either, but... <laughs> like, yeah, they, they were in... They were buried under a castle. The, you're not finding them. They're under a castle. Right. And then uh, then we cut from there to, to John uh, stumbling across Grey Worm getting ready to assassinate Lannister prisoners. Yeah. Now, this set up something for me that I was extremely excited for. I thought the final battle, because I, I, I felt there had to be a final battle. Mm-hmm. And I felt the final battle would be the kingdoms of Westeros versus the Unsullied and Dothraki. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly when somebody destroys uh, uh, Danny. I'm, well, we I'm, already did the spoiler rate warning. <laughs> true, true. But I'm, I'm talking about like at that moment, like at the breakdown, right. we didn't know when Danny was going to die or who killed her. <laughs> um, so I right there when, when they readily drew swords on each other and, and spears, Simply because John touched Grey Word's arm. Yeah. I was like, there's some tension here that, 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 that's filling to explode. It's going to be the expel, expulsion of Danny's army is the final big battle. Yeah, you know? I, I didn't think there'd be a big battle. I, I figured they had done the Battle of Winterfell and they did a dragon burning an entire city. I didn't think we were going to get a big battle. But I was I, not expecting that well, at all. <laughs> You know, overall, one of the things I did like about this episode is that you're right. They they, they Game of Thrones it in the sense of, like, it, w- it went back to politics and right crappy intrigue, but intrigue nonetheless. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I didn't like is it, it just felt like an episode of Game of Thrones instead of the, this this is it. This is, right. this is the last time we're yeah. going to see these characters. You know, I think honestly, this episode, it, the problem wasn't what happened in this final season or in the finale. It was how it was done. The, everything could have stayed the same if they had just done a proper job of building up to it and developing it and, and not forcing it to happen so fast. Everything could have worked if they'd just taken their time and and really let it happen. And I have heard, I've not gone on and confirmed this, that HBO had offered them more episodes for the season. They turned it down. The two main showrunners turned it down. They got their Star Wars trilogy deal. They checked out. 
they checked out before the episode even before the season even started. Well, to be fair too, they now they now bow that her mouse overlord. I'm sure they're under time constraint. You know, but at the same time, I agree with you. I absolutely agree yeah. that there should have been more. And I said that last season too. There should have been more. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, we every season of Game of Thrones is is ten episodes anyway, except for seven and eight. But you know, seven and eight combine them together into one season and give us a season eight with ten more episodes. Yeah, and that way you can flesh out where everything's going. Danny's quick turn to to tyrant. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, a Jamie's uh, relapse back into being the guy who pushed fucking Bran Stark out of a window in season one, mm-hmm. instead of all the good man shit he did, leading all the way up to to the final episode. It really just—I know that they got the basically cliff notes of what George R. R. Martin was going to do, and I feel like that's pretty much all they wrote. It's just the cliff notes. Well, I've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot online that, that Martin is saying that now his book is going to be different, I guess because of the backlash of the episode. Really? Uh, but I don't know. It, c- it could be the fact that he did make it the same, or maybe you know, the the show creator said, fuck George, we'll do our way. Right. Or, or maybe he used the, that's why we haven't seen book six yet. He's already got it ready to go, but he wanted to see how the story would play out. And it's like, oh, nope, never mind. Okay. Nope, don't kill me. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And I could be honest with you, like uh, getting back, getting back to the breakdown of the the episode, we, we follow John afterwards uh, to the steps of, of uh, the Red Keep, mm-hmm. and Danny is Hitlering it out with the uh, Dothraki and Unsullied. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, how the hell was there so many Unsullied and Dothraki? I thought right. I thought they yeah. were uh, decimated at the uh, Battle of Winterfell. I, I don't know. They're resilient, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was a lot of Dothraki and Unsullied. Right. They just all of a sudden were back. Somebody, With a vengeance. Somebody didn't didn't uh, count their extras. Apparently, apparently not. <laughs> and then and then we have Tyrion show up behind Danny, and Danny turns around and lets him know that she knows that he uh, that he helped his her his brother right. get into count uh, get into the castle to, to try to rescue Cersei, and that uh, Tyrion was uh, basically guilty of treason. Yeah. To which Tyrion responded, and you massacred a whole city. Yeah, you burned down a city. I will. The one positive thing I will say. Well, there is one other thing I did really like about the episode. The one thing that I would say about the episode as a whole is cinematography, or in terms of cinematography, it was beautiful. Oh it yeah. It was visually stunning. There was one moment in particular that really got me where Danny's walking in and the dragon lines uh, lands behind her and the dragon wings unfurl behind her and it looks like her wings. Yeah. That was cinematically gorgeous. Well, that's one thing it about this really season. It was really beautiful. That was one thing about this season. I mean, again, going back to to a previous episode when they killed uh Varys you know, as much as I hated the fact that they killed Varys and as much as I hated the fact that, it, that you know, it, it was just a quick way to get rid of him. I love the cinematography of it being so dark and then Drogon just appears yeah. completely out of blackness. 
yeah, right above Danny. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I mean, in a really horrendous way, but just visually it was stunning. No, oh, absolutely. But, but that, that whole thing with Varys as well, that, I mean, he was actually trying to poison her. There's a whole discussion he has with this kid about he's, how he's trying to poison her. That whole thing with Varys should have taken place over at least half of an episode. You, at, you, at least. It should have been done over one to two episodes where you're seeing him maneuver. The, the whole season suffered from rush, from well, not being given the weight it should have been given. And, and quite honestly, there was a lot of things unanswered. Like, they paid particular attention uh, during the time that he was being arrested, that they were coming to arrest Varys. And he specifically took off those two rings. And they, yeah. the camera followed it. Like, I like wanted to know what that important. was about. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to know what that was about. Like, is that something to deal with his personal life, like his past? Or is it he's hiding something because it's supposed to go to another character? Yeah, was it like his way of trying to continue his plan beyond death? You know? Just passing information on to someone else it was just it was a really odd thing to follow that with the camera and then have it seemingly mean nothing it real not seemingly it meant nothing yeah because it was never focused on again not right. one mention of those rings or no, anybody searching just... his his quarters or anything else he's dead right. he's gone move on yeah like within the <laughs> first five minutes of the episode mm-hmm. yeah they just threw the character away it, it just was such a senseless I feel like any main character who dies in the last season of this show, who has literally survived every other season, any main character who dies at this point deserves a big death. Deserves, like, give that moment some weight. Make it big. And it just, so many times it fell short. Now, we do, we do reach the part of the episode that, you know, before the episode began, I said, I need... A big wow moment. Mm-hmm. That's what I need from this episode. Is I need a Game of Thrones wow moment. I need the burning a kid at the stake moment, or or you know uh, Tyrion killing Tywin on the on the privy to, uh, moment, or the red wedding moment where you just sit there stunned. And I read an interview that said there was going to be something in this season that was as bad as the Red Wedding, and for the life of me, I don't know what it was supposed to be. Maybe everybody in the crypts, but that was really not even close. That was the dumbest idea on the planet. You're right? facing You're facing a guy who could raise the dead. Let's put our women, children, and elderly in with the dead. I know! I'm sitting here watching this the whole time they're talking. I'm like, okay... They know he raises people from the dead. They have seen him do this with people and a dragon. Why do they think that's a good plan? But we get we get to the part we get to the part of the episode that that gave me my wow moment. I I gasped because I couldn't believe it happened so soon. Yeah. And quite honestly, I never thought it would be him. But uh we get Danny and John alone before the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. To which, Dan, uh, right before to set up the scene, right before John had visited Tyrion in the dungeons, when Danny arrested him for treason, and Tyrion had told John that he was wrong, he was mistaken, and the only person that's rightful for the throne and the only person who could stop Danny's tyranny mm-hmm. was John. 
And of course, John being a pussy whip bitch. Oh, she's my queen. She's my queen. I can't. Yeah, he do was it. worried about honor. Well, it was. Int- this was one thing, and I pointed this out to the person I was watching it with. He was very much faced with a similar situation that Ned was faced with in the very, very beginning. So I did appreciate the the secular motion of that, and that Ned Stark was faced with choosing his honor or basically doing what had to be done. Right. And he chose his honor and lost his head because of it. Right. And and so, you know, and then Danny turns around and really Hitler's it up talking about how she wants to make a perfect utopian world. Right. And, and she knows what's good. And she knows what's good. And John knows what's good. But, but other people don't get a choice. They're other wrong. people don't get a choice. Right. And so then she turns around and wants to, to, to try to get some nookie from John. Be, be with me. We rule together. Blah, blah, right. blah. Right. And they kiss. And they kiss, which I was like, oh, fuck again. You know? Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden you hear slink. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Danny drops to the full floor, blood uh, pouring out of her or dribbling out of her mouth and nose. Dead. Yeah. This happened 20 minutes into the episode. Yeah, and I sat there going, "Well, fuck! What happens now? <laughs> Surely See, the Unsullied battle is going to come from this." Yeah, I I felt like that her death right there. It it wasn't a wow moment to me. I felt like it was just very. It felt too low key to me. The the bigger wow moment for me was when the dragon burned the the throne. Like when he melted the throne, right? That was very symbolic. But I, I the whole episode was just sort of underwhelming. It was underwhelming. That was. Well, that was that was where you know my wow factor began and ended with this episode. <laughs> okay, because I was I was thrilled with Danny's death, and I said, "Good, they did this." So. There's got to be something to, to wrap up the rest of the episode to to really if this is already happening, something big's got to be coming. No. You know, that, again, that's what reaffirmed me that, that there was going to be a big fight or whatever. Right. And of course, uh, Drogon shows up and realizes that Danny's dead and for some reason decides to attack the Iron Throne and melts it to a cinder. Yeah, it just cool effect. Uh, a puddle of molten metal now. <laughs> a cool effect, but I'm like, okay, symbolism. He probably hates the fact that that throne costed Mommy his life. But then he picks up Danny's body and flies off, and we never see Drogon again. Right. So now we fast forward in time. John's been sitting in the dungeon. Uh, Tyrion's been sitting in the dungeon. And Grey Worm brings out a whole bunch of people from the Seven Kingdoms to sit down and discuss things. I don't know what they were originally supposed to be discussing. For some reason, he brings Tyrion too. Well, no, the the people of Westeros had um, they they were they were the heads of the main houses in Westeros. They were there to decide the new king, I think. And Grey were and to uh, it was a trial for Tyrion. Right. So. Then they decided that, you know, on the new king or queen. And this is where Game of Thrones pissed me off the most ever. Because, because the new it was king, stupid. Because <laughs> the, 
new king is Bran. Yep. Bran the Broken, Brandon Stark. Now, uh, applaud to Sansa for, for declaring that the North will remain an independent kingdom. Yes, I am happy about Sansa's ending in general. I don't care about Sansa in any way, shape, or form. She's a boring actress, and I never really cared for her character. Oh, I think the character has the best arc in the series, particularly the fact that with the way it ends, basically this has confirmed what I've been saying for a long time. Everybody's always saying, oh, George R. R. Martin has written this innovative story that's so surprising and it's not a story that's ever been told. That's a load of crap. <laughs> George R. R. Martin wrote a story about the Starks getting justice. Literally everything else that happens, all these other characters, all these other things, red herrings. They're mm-hmm. distractions. They li- they had no point. Danny's arc, no point. And there it, was no point to that. And it really is. It really is a uh, 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 Starks getting justice because now they control basically the world. Mm-hmm. Because you and have... that's a story that's been told. If he hadn't had all the different distractions, no one would be acting like it was so innovative. Because uh, uh, Bran gets the thro- Iron Throne, what's left of the Iron Throne, uh, and is now the ruler of the Six Kingdoms. Uh, Sansa declares the independence of the North and is now the Queen of the North. Queen of the North. I think she earned that ending. I, I liked it. I was happy for her. She actually became one of my favorite characters because I thought she was one of the more complex characters. Hmm. She, I think the character was lost on me on the actress because the actress just, I never liked Sophie Turner as an actress, mm. and in Game of Thrones she felt very flat and one dimensional to me, uh, the way she delivered lines and the way she would stare yeah. off at things and all, and then when I saw things <laughs> like X Men uh, Apocalypse, and her her portrayal of Jean Grey. And it was the exact same portrayal as right. Sansa Stark. It's like, yeah, you're a one-note actress, and you're not a good one-note. <laughs> you know, so I think I think I would probably have enjoyed Sansa more if somebody else played her. Fair, fair. You know, uh, but I agree with you that she did have the the, the more solid and and fitting story arc in the mm-hmm. series. Um, mm-hmm. then we go to a story arc that didn't bother me. Arya wants to go exploring what's not been explored. I see and Arya's the one I don't care about at all. I find her completely unrelatable. I find her annoying. I I'm not a fan of Arya. And then the one that really pissed me off. John. John gets sent back to the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm, because that's the punishment that will satisfy Grey Worm and the Unsullied. And I'm really annoyed with Grey Worm because he was a good character. I liked him. He was honorable. And then after these last two episodes, I wanted him to die. I was like, why does he have to live? He's being a horrible, horrible person. Well, I, I wanted it. him to die. I get it, though. He sat there and watched the love of his life be beheaded. From an interesting perspective, I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, I, I, I Having I, lost someone... You know, the love of your life, my life. It's not an excuse to do horrible things. <laughs> I agree, but I, I'm saying as far as the story arc's concerned, his turn to being very cold-hearted and mean made sense to me because the only person that ever cared for him that loved him, even though he was unsullied, you know, he's a right, eunuch right. and everything else, was 
Misandre, and she's beheaded right in front of his eyes. Right. I I could see the snap. I I his snap made more sense to me than Danny's. You know, Danny's snap was just and it it could have worked if they had given this season enough episodes to really let that develop over time and let you know so that when it happened it wasn't just wait what right <laughs> you know and and so john gets sent back to the wall what's left of it to which now i'm left with the question cuz when we end the episode we have uh, sophie turner or sansa taking taking the crown and being declared the queen of the north we got uh, the small council meeting with Bran, who apparently the three-eyed raven, who never wanted to do anything, all of a sudden wants to be king. That's the reason I'm here. But and no, he still did nothing. The council met. He came in. He's like, oh, well, I guess I'll go. He like came in for like a second, said a few things, and then wheeled it, then was wheeled back out. Like He did nothing. Right. And uh, you know what? I actually enjoyed the uh, small council meeting. To, to be fair, I was I, I overlook it because of the fact that I was annoyed at this point. Mm-hmm. But the, the little meeting with the, the, the snickering between Davos and, and Bronn yeah. and and <laughs> Tyrion having an OCD moment with the chairs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I liked it. It was funny, it, but it it felt like cheap throwing. OK, we're going to throw out these little ha ha's now because we know the rest of this is crap. But it I just I will ugh. applaud one thing one thing in that small council chamber if anybody deserved a chance to be a maester was Sam (laughs) yeah there was nothing more fitting like I'm scratching my head at Sir Bronn being the master of coin I really am because if you go back to season 2 he didn't even understand the concept of money I get money I spend money but What's this yeah. saving and loaning and blah, blah, blah. He didn't understand it at all. All of a sudden, he's the right. master of coin. Right. And I did also like that Brienne became like the the captain of the royal guard and everything. I liked that. Because oh, yeah. she'd been fighting for her knighthood. She finally got it. And then not only is she knighted, but she's like the head of the knights. Like, that I like. And she gave, seri- a tasteful, she gave a tasteful yeah. goodbye to Jamie Lannister, too. She did. With, she did. With writing in, in his uh, epitaph. Uh, of that he died saving his queen. Protecting his queen, yeah. So yeah. That, I, thought that was, I thought that was very tasteful. But yeah. then, then we get to the point where we're having all the characters leave, separate from each other. And... The goodbye between the Stark kids, I did... It evoked emotion. Like, that was like, oh, you know. <laughs> um, but... Just, it, it still fell flat. And then you had John. Just after everything he did. Because That's... the Unsullied were pissed off. And then they left. So who cares? They're gone now. Tell Johnny can come back. Well, that, that's the thing that pisses me off. Like, I know there's been a lot of subversion and red herring. But him being uh, Ary, uh, Aryan Targaryen made no difference. Didn't yeah, matter. It, the, yeah. You know, forget the fact. Forget the fact of everything. Like you said, everything John's done, everything John had continued to do. He was the one who discovered the White Walkers, and 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 stuff at like Hard Home. He's the one who who came back from the dead. 
He's the one that organized the wildlings to join in with the Night's mm-hmm. Watch to defend the wall. He is the one who organized the defense of the Southern, the Seven Kingdoms from the White Walker attack. And it's, fuck you, go back to the wall. Right. The you White know? Walkers are another massive red herring distraction thing that ultimately didn't matter worth shit. They didn't really. Like, what at the end of the day did they have to do with the end of the se- the series? Like, they were really supposed to be these big bad guys? No, they were just a big distraction. That was it. But then, then we have the little, like, montage ending where yeah. you see Arya out on a ship getting ready. You got Jon walking the wall, which evoke emotion. Jon reuniting with Ghost. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was cute. That was cool. Yeah. And then, you know, like like I said, Sansa sitting down and accepting her crown and being declared to the Queen Starks of the North. The Starks getting their happy ending, basically, right, except but, for. But it, it it also it also again a piss off moment. The first thing John does is him and the Wildlings pack up and leave. Yeah, they head north beyond but the I wall. I can't blame him. Screw Westeros. They like he literally died. As part of the Night's Watch. Then he came back and almost died like 800 times defending Westeros. And then, that you know, because the Unsullied are upset, even though they're not even really part of the realm, and then they promptly left, he's still banished to the Wall. Good for you, John. Go. Leave Westeros to deal with his own shit. It deserves it. No, that I'm fine with him leaving North. <laughs> yeah. What, I don't, what I'm not fine with is like, okay... Is he the king? Is he the king beyond the wall now? Is did he replace Mons Raider or whatever? And is he a deserter? Right. They didn't. And they didn't. Is he going with them to stay, or is he like going with them to deliver them to wherever they're going, and then he's coming back? I mean, I believe he's going to stay, and you know, why wouldn't he? But uh, it it just felt so. Empty. The whole thing, yeah. The whole thing just felt like. Oh. Okay. Well, I guess I'll go do something else now. You know the, 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 the I there think was no the, payoff. I think I think the one and I get what they were trying to go for. They wanted to have poetic ending, but I think this I think this episode suffered from the fact that it needed one more episode to explain away everything that you showed us at the end. Which had they? I think the episode suffered from not enough build. It wasn't the ending wasn't earned. The poeticism wasn't earned, so it felt fell flat like they could have set everything for this last episode up throughout the course of this season so it had a payoff so that it was the payoff that it was supposed to be but they didn't take the time to do it I agree. they had checked out before it even started well now it leads into let's talk about the series a game of thrones now we've had eight seasons uh well i call seven seasons <laughs> of Game of Thrones that we have all been enraptured with for a good many years. Uh, ten years, I think, the show's been on. Uh, yeah. Something, something like that, cause they made because they made because there have been years. a few. Yeah, there was a few times where there was more than a year between. Right seasons, but but we're looking we're looking at a total of ten years that most fans have been invested in the series. Mm-hmm. We've had some great moments. We mentioned some like the Red Wedding, the Purple Wedding, Hard Home, the Battle of the Bastards. Uh, hell, I'll even say Blackwater Bay. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, um, some great, great uh, character developments with uh, the redemption oh, yeah. of Jamie Lannister, uh, the rise of Sansa, as as Kristen had had stated out. Right. Even with this lackluster season and god awful series finale, overall, how are you feeling about Game of Thrones as a whole now that all this has happened? Uh. For me, if they don't nail the ending, it, it really invalidates a lot of the struggle. It it hurts the rest of it. Basically, I'm really happy that my favorite characters died well before this season. Because <laughs> at least they got good endings, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, I think it'll still be fun to watch, but all of the horrible stuff you endure to get to this point, it it's almost not worth it now. Like... You, you know that it's just going to be at the end. I, I think I'm right there with you. Like, if, if I'm going to revisit Game of Thrones, which, by the way, I was doing before the final episode, um, I, was, I was going at it hard. Like, every night I was going through, like, a season <laughs> of Game of Thrones, you know, uh, because I wanted, I wanted to just recap everything before, you know, the, the final episode. Um, I think I would stop after season six. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm interested in season seven, and especially not season eight. Owning them or rewatching them, yeah, because yeah. that's that's where the train derails. Like some people might argue season six was a lot of fan service, but at least it was, excuse me, epic and 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 story driven and satisfying. Right. You know, whether it's fan service or not, at least See, it was satisfying. Season six was one I actually didn't love because, and it wasn't anything to do with fan service. It was because they had so many different story arcs going in so many different places that you would get like two or three lines of a conversation in each episode. And it, it felt like it took three episodes to finish a conversation because they were hopping around all the different characters. And I just, I didn't like it because I felt like the pace was god awful. Um, right. So I was not a fan of of season six. I liked season seven a little bit better because I thought the pacing was better. But I the earlier seasons were, in my opinion, the better ones. Like as far as I'm concerned, it can end like the episode before the red wedding, so that my so that my Rob Stark doesn't have to go through that because he's my favorite character. <laughs> he is. And then after that, it was Marjorie Tyrell. They're both gone. But I would. It's, I'm just gonna from now on it can just end the episode before the red wedding and I'll head cannon the rest of it there you go <laughs> well what do you let's talk about this real quick here because this is obviously going to be a short episode we're already wrapping up because we've, we've given our overall opinions and all uh, of the of the season right. and the series finale um what do you think of this petition that's going around where fans in droves and especially after the season finale and even bigger droves right are demanding that season eight get remade <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think it's a really good outlet for them to be able to say to the powers that be hey we're not happy you guys should be focusing on whether or not we're happy because we're your customers but it, i mean it's not going to happen the sets have been torn down the costumes have been i mean people are forgetting 
that it's not like they finished filming it and then a month later it was on TV. It it's been done for a while. The actors are all moving on to different things. Like mm-hmm. it's it's never going to happen, but I think that it's good in terms of being a statement to the powers that be. And to be perfectly honest, I hope that D&D lose their Star Wars trilogy because what they did with the best series out there in a long time is an absolute travesty and they don't deserve a Star Wars trilogy. Bite your tongue. They're the ones that are going to bring us the Old Republic. If you lose them, then you pretty I much lose the Old Republic. I especially don't want the... I would rather <laughs> not have an Old Republic than have them do it. That's how appalled I am by what they've done. They clearly can't write a story, so why would I want them to write a story about something I love? Alright, well let me let me ask you this then, because you bring, you bring up an interesting concept, which doesn't necessarily have to do with Game of Thrones but another franchise that we all here love Star Wars with the backlash of Ryan Johnson because of episode 8 and now the backlash because of the final season and specifically the final uh, episode of Game of Thrones who do you more not want to have still make a Star Wars trilogy Ryan Johnson or Benioff and Weiss um, which one's D&D the bigger disappointment? D and D. I actually kind of liked parts of the Last Jedi. That was the one in which I finally decided I liked Ray. <laughs> but there were flaws in it. But I I liked it better. I'm in the camp that actually liked the Last Jedi. Yeah, I like Last Jedi. There's certain yeah. aspects I would have changed personally. There were but... a few weird narrative choices made, but I I liked it. And the Mary Poppins moment for Leia was like, I think we didn't think this through. The idea was good. The execution, not so much. Um, You know what? That's exactly it. Because, I mean, the Mary Poppins moment, when Leia does that, all she did was force pull herself. That's all she did. There was nothing really spectacular. We've seen force pulling numerous times. Right. But the fact that she did it in space and and the, the, the awkward position they had her body for pulling herself in and all right. it, it looked it, to war- magical world of disney <laughs> yeah it was it was the execution that was poor but the idea and the concept of that was good and i support that but the you're watching it going this is not evoking the emotion I think you were going for. It's not at all. It's kind of like, ha, 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 ha. Right. You know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, if I had to choose, I would give it to Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I'd be like, no, let him do it, please. Please don't let these people do it. Don't let them touch anything good ever, ever see, again. See, for the people for the people that blast Ryan Johnson... I, I personally look at it this way. Like, everybody loved Looper, which is like his really breakout directing movie um and i think ryan has the ability to write a good star wars trilogy i do or -hmm. direct a good star wars trilogy i just think he needs to do it with characters that we're not so attached to yeah i yeah i could agree with that i mean i I think there were just a few awkward moments. I think he got more into the idea of subverting expectation. And this is a big problem in Hollywood right now, where they're so into the idea of subverting audience expectations that they're not worried about actually constructing a cohesive, well-put-together story. Because they're like, oh, this will surprise them. But they don't do. they don't put in the work to make a good 
surprise for the audience is one where you've put the clues in there, but you did it so skillfully that when it happens, people are still surprised, but then when they think about it, they're like, oh my god, that's how you really do a good job with it, and they're not doing it right now, and that's, I think he was trying to surprise people with Last Jedi and didn't do the foundation work, and you get that a lot, and I think that's right there, this final season of Game of Thrones, they wanted to surprise the audience, but they didn't put in the foundation work that needed to be there. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and I think, I think overall, like I still want the Benioff and Weiss trilogy because I know it's going to be old Republic and to their credit, again, pointing out hard home, Blackwater Bay, battle of the bastards. They know how to do an epic battle sequence, which something like old Republic would need. But I do mm-hmm. think they're going to need somebody holding their hand to keep the story right. I think somebody I think get maybe Larry just Kasdan let someone back. else write it. Just let someone else write it, and they can do the not writing parts. <laughs> I'll agree they with can that. do the other stuff. Just don't let them write it, and don't let them decide the pacing because apparently they don't know how to do that. I I'll, I'll agree with that. But you know, since we're talking about bu- uh, writing and books and and uh, bad, uh, <laughs> bad endings to books. Uh, George R. R. Martin is he ever going to finish the final book? <laughs> he's seventy years old. Do you think he's finally going to release this book? Like, are we going to see it in Barnes and Noble next month, or is it just a pipe dream and this book is never coming? I personally don't think we'll ever see it, but I can't see the future. <laughs> he might outlive all of us. I do think he looks like a hobbit and a dwarf had a baby, so his lifespan may be way longer than all of ours. <laughs> That's true. He is the love child of a hobbit and a dwarf. Well, you know, talking about a fantasy adventure uh, and fantastical worlds and coming and, a, and its series coming to the, to the end, the one thing that I can absolutely guarantee is that Kristen Stovall will make sure that she does not put Bran the Broken on the throne no, at the end of her no. third book. <laughs> not going to put Bran on the throne. Not doing it. I'm just going to kill everybody. <laughs> Have them all go crazy and they kill each other. That's that's what's going to happen. And I will put no build up to it at all. That's, Spoilers. <laughs> apparently that's how you do it. <laughs> Spoilers. She just ruined yeah. the book for all of us. No, oh, uh, yeah. yep. no she, she's going to give us a solid ending to, to her <laughs> story arc, right? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and the again, few people who have read it have said that, yes, it, it's the ending that it needed to have. Nice. And that, again, releases August 15th? August 15th, uh, along with hardback cop uh, editions of the other two books. All three of them, really. And if you are interested in her uh, trilogy right now and you want to start off, right now is a perfect time to do it because on Amazon they're having a sale for your first book at yes. 99 cents. All the month of June, the first book, Soulbound, will be on sale for $0.99, cents, the e-version, not the not the print version. <laughs> Can't sell that for that cheap. Uh, so, yeah, pick it up in June. Start the adventure. There you go. So that way you're ready for August. Yes. Well, you have to buy the second book, too. But, I mean, you'll, you'll be ready for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Kristen, why don't you go ahead and tell them where they can find you? All right, you can find me on Facebook. The best place to uh, get in touch with me is on the official Song of Souls Trilogy Facebook page. Just look, just type in Song of Souls Trilogy. 
and it's there. You can message me that way. It's just a way I'm a little more comfortable interacting on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Kristen Stovall. You can find me on Instagram. Again, look up Kristen Stovall. And uh, you can also find me on Star Wars Sail Republic in the Starforge server, usually as a Nari Sun. I've known you for like two years now. Have I been mispronouncing your last name this whole time? You say Stovall. Stovall, and you're saying Stovall. It's it's really that's I've heard it both ways. I think it just it's a regional dialect thing. <laughs> All right, I feel terrible now. <laughs> now. I I wasn't considering it mispronunciation. I was just considering it a regional thing. People, you know, different areas in the country say it a different way. It's his Philly accent. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you can find me right here on Realm of the Mist Podcast or wherever Realm of the Mist can be found uh, on iTunes, podcasts, uh, wherever quality podcasts are heard. And, of course, right here on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, uh, share this out. The more people you share it to, the more people get a chance to hear what we have to say. Oh, I just remembered. Yeah. I also have a website. <laughs> oh, got a website. I have a website now. If you look up Kristen Stovall Books, you'll find it. All right, I'll have to make sure that's in the description down below. Alongside the Realm of the Mist website, you can click on the link down there and visit our website where you get all the updated information of all the shows, all the podcasts, some written blogs, that maybe we could possibly get Kristen the right one. <laughs> Not until the third book is out, and I'm making no promises. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make her blog a short story. <laughs> well, there will be short stories set in the same universe as my books. You heard so. it here, exclusive. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have yourself a good week, and we'll catch you on the next Realm of the Mist podcast. Have a good night, guys. Why didn't the three little pigs go in for some kind of flat share scheme? Does Jesus get to choose which wine he turns it into? Why don't Sims have the upper body strength to climb out of a swimming pool? And does everybody really want to be a cat? I'm Will Baker. And I'm Alex Prescott. And if you're the type of person that overthinks these deep philosophical questions, then Think to the Brink is the podcast for you. From Disney characters to song lyrics, debates to social etiquette, tune in every week for your dose of paralysis by analysis. All topic suggestions are welcome. If you can think it, we can overthink it. Think, think to, to the, the Brink. Brink. Available on all podcast platforms. Hey everyone, this is John Tolley. Inviting you to check War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, me and my co-host, Christopher Stolle, discuss the news and theories surrounding one of the largest franchise movie franchises in the world. So join us every Wednesday at 8 Eastern as we travel to the galaxy far, far away, right here on Anchor FM, wherever find Pastor Star You know, when you see Vape Juice Squad, go to Vape Scorpion. Zayton at PA1911. They are known as They have all your needs. All while you're there. Sit down, enjoy a beer on your own, and just hang out with a bunch of cool people. Guys, you need your next Vape Chain, or you want to try. Low made uh, juice. You
Hit up Vape Scorpion. That's 1085 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19116. Or give a call to 215-464-8273. Oh yeah, and make sure you let them know that Realm of the Mist Entertainment sent you. Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out the recordings at any time. Guess this weekly. Listener, beware. Mature content, sexual content, trigger warning. Do you dare say it? Hi, my name's Chris. I'm here to tell you about Realm of the Mist podcast. Realm of the podcast, we talk about all the great entertainment things from movies, music, books, comic books, and many other forms of entertainment, as well as politics, current events, and just general and having a good time. If you're looking for a podcast that is right up your alley, look no further than Realm of the Mist podcast here on Anchor.fm or where fine podcasts can be heard. Hi, this is Dave from the Comic Collection at 83 Bustleton Pike in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Our phone number is 215-357-3332. We are right next to Northeast Philadelphia. We have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and CDs, graphic novels, other knickknacks, and, of course, comics. Established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello. And say that the guys from Radiocast FM Radio sent you. The address again is 83 Bustleton Pike, Feasterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. Three-eyed turtle? Is that alright? A <laughs> fucking a three-eyed turtle. Who wants mustache right? Are you tired of the same old podcasts with no humor? Well, join us for After Hours, where everything is funny, at least to us, on Anchor.fm, and where quality podcasts are heard. How the fuck did we get on this? I don't know. CC started this shit. It's their fucking fault. Hey everyone, this is Dak. This is Liam. And this is White People Shit. We are a bi-weekly podcast. Maybe you're buying week. I'm speaking strong. It means twice a week, you douche. Oh. Yeah, listen to us twice a week. On White People Wednesdays, we talk about gay stuff, zombies, superhero sex positions. And on Feature Peep Fridays, we interview the Feature Peep of the Week. Yeah, like a fucking Search WPS Podcast and look for the white dude in red pajamas. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere you podcast. We believe in equal opportunity humor where all things can be made fun of. So if your feelings get hurt and you're offended, you can always eat a dick.